Hey, I'm Lynn Rogala. And I'm Allie Diliberto, and we are coming to you from the ladies' room. So we can talk about removing stupid, frustrating, and toxic shit from the world in a way that's not prim enough for the dinner table. Okay, welcome back to the ladies' room. Here we are talking about one of my favorite subjects. Which is your crappy audio? Oh, that's what we were just talking about. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> the best thing that happened so far today was before we started recording when you said you scratched your throat with bacon. I scratched my throat with bacon. I did. No, I tickled, <laughs> I tickled my throat. Oh, I tickled. It's even better. I tickled yeah. my throat with bacon. I tickled my throat with bacon. That sounds like the title of like a beatnik poem. Like I'm sitting in the sixties, you know, in the village and I'm snapping my fingers. And I'm like, I tickled my throat with bacon and the pig chased <laughs> me from my home like that. <laughs> That's awful. So Eric is making some kind of sausage something or stuffing. He's making some kind of stuffing for tomorrow because when this goes live, it's Thanksgiving. Yay. Um, happy Thanksgiving, you everyone. You sounded really excited about that. Are you? About Thanksgiving? Yeah. Um, you know what? It's Eric's favorite holiday, but it is not my favorite holiday. It just it actually is like a lot of work sometimes, but we'll have people. I over. love Thanksgiving, but this year, like so many people have said like, I can't get in the mood. And then somebody, I won't mention any names, Lynn, scared me by confirming that there's a turkey shortage. And then I had to immediately go get a turkey that very minute from Costco. And there was like 800 turkeys and then make room in my refrigerator. And even though it's been there for like a week, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. And I have a lot of people say that. I, yeah, it's, I think it's just, I don't know. I mean, everything we're in kind of that still everything kind of running together and we're not really back to normal and I don't know we did fine on a turkey I saw a whole bunch at Costco when I was there a week or so ago they even had they had big fat turkeys and then they had young turkeys um and Eric wants to fry it this year so I bought a young turkey because he said like a 30 pound one or whatever 20 pound one won't fit in the fryer so I got a 12 pound one put it in the freezer and then yesterday he said oh my gosh I forgot to take the turkey out (laughs) So we're doing some fast thawing, um, to get it because you don't want to put a frozen turkey in the fryer. You will set your house on fire. (laughs) Anyone who's listening on Thanksgiving, this is a public service announcement. Quick, go get your frozen turkey out of the fryer. Don't put it. No, you, it'll immediately set your house on fire. Like the second you do it. Yeah. You put it in there and it overflows the oil and then it hits the burner and it causes a huge flash fire. Okay. That sounds kind of exciting. Yeah. So um, I, I, what were we talking about before I scrolled on Thanksgiving? Oh, about the bacon tickling my throat was just a dumb story now. So he's making some kind of oyster stuffing or something and he needed bacon fat. So he made bacon just to get the bacon fat and a small amount of bacon. So there's this like little pile of snacking approved bacon separate from the other pile of bacon. I had to shoo Riley away from the wrong bacon pile. Perfect. Yes. But I ate the bacon and it like tickled my throat and I still have that cough. So I'm on like a hair trigger of, um, any kind of reactive airway. My reactive airways were like, no, not bacon. (laughs) Stop tickling me with bacon. Stop tickling me with bacon. (laughs) All right. So happy Thanksgiving talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is not bacon. Although I do love bacon. 
it's not one of my favorite discuss- topics and it's not even Italy that we're talking about so here we no. go I we do can- love Thanksgiving I love the like just there's I was just thinking that I pr- would prefer to give people presents on Thanksgiving than Christmas because it feels like a natural expression of like, I, I'm thankful for you and I want to give you a present. And I think I'm just going to give presents between Thanksgiving and Christmas in general from now on and not worry so much about it being Christmas. Not that I ever really worry about Christmas other than with the family, but. That's an interesting take on it. <laughs> I basically have just remade it to fit however I, however I want it, but I do take time Thanksgiving to be grateful and, you know to acknowledge other people in my life that I'm grateful for at the time. Yeah. I mean, that's nice. Although I like separating that from gifts um, because, you know, the expression of gratitude itself is the expression of gratitude itself. I don't know. I think that it's nice to give presents when you're grateful or like that, that could be an expression. Like it could be any concoction of things. Like I wrote you this note or I did this. Like, I mean, it's not really that much less weird than, um, the baby Jesus was sort of pretend born around now and we're going to give presents in his honor. Yeah. I I don't think anybody even pretends that Jesus was actually born at Christmas time. It was just a way to take the amazing Saturnalia party and make it more Jesus-y. Yeah, I think that plenty of people do pretend that. Oh, well, I mean, or they think American that's people. when the Magi came or whatever. Yeah, ignorant American people. But I'm talking about like when Rome first said, okay, we're going to make this Christ mass. It was because the Saturnalia um, uh, winter solstice party was like the most banging party on the pagan calendar. So they're like, yeah, let's take that. I mean, most of, well, not most, many of our Christmas traditions are from like the pine trees and all that stuff. All right, but let's stay focused on Thanksgiving. Let's stay focused on Thanksgiving, which (laughs) has nothing to do with the church calendar. No. And also we thought it would be fun to talk about Thanksgiving a little bit or just gratitude and maybe optimism if we get that far and riff a little bit but we might just end up telling entertaining thanksgiving holiday related stories or riffing in general so well i mean the podcast i think talking about gratitude is um is what you wanted to talk about and i think that's really smart and also if we do talk about optimism then you can make fun of me the way i do when we talk about empathy and i make fun of you i know i was planning on doing that even if we just broached gratitude because when we were even talking before the podcast started, I was laughing because you're like, I used to keep a gratitude journal when I was more pessimistic, but that wasn't as dumb or something like that. And I was like, yes, it's perfect when you're even considering that. You make me sound nonsensical. <laughs> that's what happens. Okay, you were sensical, but this is a little bit how you sound when we have to talk too much about emotions. So I feel okay about that. Yes, because you have gratitude and optimism like tied in a way that I don't because optimism was something I really struggled with. And I still think is a little bit dumb. Um, (laughs) And, and, but I had gratitude as a practice before I ever tried to take on, okay, optimism is maybe not dumb. I mean, it's like, I used to have it as a hundred percent dumb and I have it as maybe now like 30, 30 or 40% dumb on a bad day, maybe 50% dumb. Maybe not dumb is my favorite part of that. It's maybe not dumb. It's, maybe it's mostly not. dumb, but it's maybe not completely it's, dumb. 
it's mostly dumb. Actually, you know, what's funny. I read this week that there was a study, they gave a study or they did a study where they gave people this um, like reality perception test, like how well you perceive reality and pessimism and your ability to perceive reality are highly correlated. Right? I don't believe that one. Whatever. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The data says, um, <laughs> and I mean, there's a place where you do have to kind of ignore reality to be optimistic. I think, I mean, maybe we're getting into the conversation. <laughs> Oh no. Science says. That's so depressing. The science backs me up. (sighs) (laughs) Backed by science. I can tell one of my favorite gratitude stories because it kind of fits together with your Thanksgiving is a good time to give gifts. Okay. Um, So one of the nicest gifts, well, I mean, he said it was one of the nicest. I'm not saying that. I gave a gift to Eric one year where I bought one of those little moleskin like the little pocket size moleskin journals. Mm-hmm. And every day I wrote one, one thing I was grateful for about him. Um, and it wasn't like bullshit. Like um, he's just like, like when people oh, I remember post, this, yeah. yeah. Like when people post their anniversary posts on Facebook where they're like, he's my soulmate. And I'm just so grateful that we're in this, on this big blue marble with one heart and one mind, not bullshit like that, but like, you know, <laughs> He stopped after work and bought Sprite because I had a stomach ache, like those kinds of things, like little acts of service or like he helped Riley with her tricycle and I could see what, a you know, he loves her so much and he's such an amazing father, like real on the court stuff. Right. And every day I just wrote one line and I wrote the date and I just wrote one line and then I put it in his Christmas stocking when I finished. And not only did he receive it with so much joy and he kept it, he still got it hanging around his desk somewhere, but I had a completely different marriage after doing, I didn't even do it for a whole year. I did it for, I don't know, 60 days or I, I came up with the idea and I started whenever I started. So it was a couple months and I had a whole new marriage and a whole new perspective on my husband after doing that just every day, noticing something I was grateful for. But not right. just stuff, not just stuff he did for me. I don't want it to be, you know, like, oh, and he did this for me and he did this for me. And he did for, it wasn't like that. It was noticing his character and how he shows up in the world and the kind of father he is and the kind of coworker he is and the kind of husband he is, all the things about him. And just yes. one little thing every day, you know, he cleaned out the pool, even though he was really tired. And again, that's another thing he did, but like, he just shows up with dedication. He's so dedicated, that kind of thing. Um, and it was, I recommend it to everyone, um, because it's good for you, but also the recipient of that gift, it'll just blow their mind. I like it. And I also remember sometimes when you're like, I don't want to do this today. And that was part of the beauty of like what it produced anyway. I don't remember saying I didn't want to do it. There were times when you're like, uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. When you were first getting into it and then you kind of were like, Oh, I can see that this is producing something. Yeah. But I don't think you went like, Oh, this is going to be the most lovely thing ever. When you first started at the beginning. Well, that's why I said it wasn't like the, the anniversary posts. My heart, my heart has found its twin flame. Um. (laughs) My heart has found its soul cat. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I posted um, an anniversary post on Facebook one time and I got so many comments about it because it was this kind of authentic because doing it daily was also part of what made it so authentic. Right. But I posted, I'm like, okay, this it's my anniversary today. 
And we didn't say happy anniversary as the first thing we said. Um, actually, the first thing I asked him to do was turn off the vent and cover me up because it was cold in the house. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> we have, uh, like, we can vent the outside air in. So, and we like to do that because it makes it nice and cold. But sometimes in the morning, it's super cold. And he got up earlier than me. And so I was like, can you turn off the vent and put another cover on me? And he did. I was like, oh, thank you. You're the so, best. Yeah. And I said, the first thing I said to him, I don't even remember the post, but it was basically like, other than asking him to turn off the vent was something about whether he wanted um, fish tacos for dinner because we had real sour cream. And then he said something also logistical. And then we said, happy anniversary. And I'm like, this is our life because he's got this to do and he's got that to do. Um, so happy anniversary um, to the man. I can't wait to have fish tacos with real sour cream. There's no one I would <laughs> rather, there's no one I would rather fall asleep on the couch next to every night. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that's real and people were like this is the most romantic it's so much more real than like as we fly through life right. joined in our joy like that's just bullshit and yeah. we were doing something the other day what was it we were cleaning up something from doing the house renovation yeah nice I, I said it was something that had gone wrong or whatever I don't remember oh I know what it was um when they hooked up my washer they didn't put the drain hose in properly and so the very first load of laundry flooded the laundry room and off into one of the back rooms there was water everywhere so we had to emergency get towels and might wipe it all up so we're both on our hands and knees and I said truth is there's no one I'd rather be doing this bullshit with than you <laughs> that's life together yeah so it is. that's, that's why the, that's why the daily journal was so much more authentic because I wasn't sitting there trying to remember I was actually noticing each day in the moment something right. you know something in our real on the court life so anyway. I just want you to know that one of my one of the things that annoys me more than anything else that I've never told you about is when you see those posts on Facebook that you were just talking about and it's from somebody's marriage who you know like they can kind of barely stand their husband or the or it's like one of those marriages that you're like that marriage would be my worst nightmare or like that marriage is one of the it's like super rocky and then they're like thank you for all the years of joy and happiness in your life. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, I think it is mostly those people that post that stuff. Yeah. That's, I, I wholeheartedly agree. It reminds me of um, my good friend. I have a good friend out East who's a photographer and they had a beautiful Christmas card one year. Absolutely gorgeous. It was like in the snow and they had matching ski sweaters, whatever. And she said, they were, she was laughing because she said, what happened was I noticed it was snowing outside. I'm like, everybody quick, get your sweaters on, get in the backyard right now. And she's like yelling at the <laughs> And they're like, I don't want to, you don't have to change out of your pajamas. Just put your sweater over your pajamas. And so they ran outside and they have these like picture perfect pictures. Right. And then she said, she was just joking. She would never lie like this, but she said, yeah, we wanted to tell people, Oh, we were sitting at the fire and my <laughs> husband was whittling and the boys were reading the Bible. And then we noticed, you know, like that. Yeah. Totally. But the reality, right. Um, and what was the other one about something like that? Some like real reality. Oh, see, I interrupted myself and now I don't remember, but I think that that real stuff is what's like Eric and I even joke sometimes about, oh, you know, thanks so much for 14 happy years. Happy 20th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's much more like it, right? <laughs> I mean, I only been married for two years and it's only been joy, but 
nonetheless. I remember when we were at my wedding and you were like, said something fantastic, like, this is the guy, or maybe we were, I was texting about it afterwards, like, la la la, it's so great. And you're like, this is the same man you're going to want to strangle and kill and pull his lungs out in six months from now. Just remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah. the two sides of the coin. See, it is. Right? It's true. He's, I love how stable he is. Why won't he ever do anything new? <laughs> <laughs> Which is not John, because John does like to do new things at my property, but like adventuring. Right. He likes yeah. to have new adventures. Okay. So um, I for sure need some stories. You promised to tell me Bob just stories for, I think Thanksgiving is a great time to do that. Wait, are we going to talk about, are we going to talk about gratitude or are we going to tell Thanksgiving stories? But I thought you were going to tell the Bokja story that you told me earlier. And I was really looking forward to that one. I was going to kind of wait until it made sense. Okay. Well, just make it up along the way and we'll tie. I have a sign on my whiteboard that says I'm the queen of tying it all in that I should get you a t-shirt. So I'm pretty sure you can (laughs) tie a bow tie around that later. Right. But that's when I do it. Not when okay. you cue and say, oh, but, all right, now, <laughs> now it's time to tell that funny joke you told. Tell the Bobcha story. Okay, fine. We'll go back to talking about gratitude. It'll come Why up. do you think gratitude and optimism, why do you have them separated? I'm curious. Um, why do you have them tied together? Because I think that that's how it, they occur in my mind. Like they're really linked because gratitude is connected to optimism because for me being able to be go through anything and be really thankful for like finding whatever the treasure was in it makes me more optimistic I don't think it makes me delusional like I'm capable of going in just like you are like I can go into any that's why we're great at consulting and assessing problems and triage and you know all that stuff but um my gratitude doesn't come from being naive. It comes from, or my optimism doesn't come from being naive. Like everything's going to be perfect, but that for me, everything is going to be valuable. And I think that there, that's why they're so connected in my mind, because I can go through whatever I go through, but being able to mine for those nuggets of what the treasure is to be thankful for, even in really difficult things is what gives me the ability to like be optimistic and still take on really hard things because I, I think I've trained my mind that there's treasure there. And actually it comes from really early on in my faith, really wrestling with, you know, like, you know, being 16 and all the hard things you go through at any, you know, at 16, all the drama and thinking like, um, that verse that says, um, that God works everything together for good for those who love him or something to that effect. Right. And I was like, Hmm. And not always being able to see it, but really believing that that's true. So I think that that's why my, maybe my gratitude is different than the way a lot of people got practice gratitude. I don't know. Well, I think for me, it's that your definition of, of definition of optimism is so different. And I think that's part of what when I took on optimism, cause I had to actually take it on, like, like I was going to practice it. I, you know what I meant to do? Um, I meant to grab, if, if I would have known which one it was, I had, I used to keep a, um, like a planner journal, these 90 day things. And then there were some blank pages in the back. And I remember there was like a whole time when I was collecting quotes about optimism and I even had little colored pencils, you know, like struggling <laughs> to draw like something pretty like I'm really glad I don't have to do that with emotions. Oh, make, 
this one pink. Um, <laughs> That's but, what I have to do with empathy. It's so true. <laughs> right. I'm like, this is this not cute. Um, <laughs> but I think it's because for me, and still a little bit, the definition of optimism is like everything's going to be good. And That's I guess the it, definition of optimism, I don't even, it's not really anymore. But like people who are optimistic, it always occurred like they just think everything's always going to work out fine. Um, and I guess oh, cool kind of, I'm going to read the definition. All right. Ready? Read it. Um, although this is immediately followed by what is the real definition of optimism? So please hold hopelessness, hopefulness and confidence that the future about the future or the successful outcome of something hopefulness and confidence about the future or the successful outcome of something. Yeah. See, if, if you have that definition of optimism, number one, I would never tie it together with gratitude. And number two, I'd say if you're optimistic like that about everything, you're dumb. (laughs) But I think that's not true. Like if you look at it in the lens of what I said, the confidence about the future and that everything will work together for good, like is connected to the, to gratitude, to being able to find what was good in whatever already happened and also taking personal responsibility, you know, like as just a, you know, not because it's true, like being hundred percent responsible, not because it's true, but just because it's a way to approach the world that's more powerful. Right. And I think that's, you know, like if I approach the world that there's going to be a successful outcome, but it's not necessarily on my definition of that, but that there's going to be like treasure and goodness that comes out of everything, which is what I really believe, then I think it is tied to gratitude. And I don't think that, I mean, I think it does fit. And I think my definition of optimism is valid, but it's passing through one more lens. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, what really needed to change was the definition of successful, because you just read confidence that everything would be, that something would be successful. And depending on how you define success and failure, that's obviously not always true. Like you would be dumb to think everything was ever going to come out always successful if you define success in a very narrow way. So I think it was too expanding, like what you're talking about of finding, okay, um, you know, I set a goal to do blah, blah, blah. And I didn't hit the goal, but I learned this along the way, or I grew this way, or I discovered this new technique, or I made a new friend or whatever. And from there, yeah, I can see how that ties in with gratitude. But what about just general hopefulness and confidence about the future? Like that's the first part of the definition. Like it's that, or, I mean, I think that generally like doesn't have, I mean, that is pretty broad. Like I, like it comes from, you know, like being able to feel like you have control and autonomy and, you know, all those things also. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, it'll all be okay in some way his hopefulness about the future <laughs> but that's <laughs> i mean this is like you with empathy was yeah. the best. i guess I know. <laughs> I know i think i still think it's dumb <laughs> i'm not gonna pretend <laughs> i don't <laughs> that's fantastic but i mean you share the same like faith you know that i have when and the same like i mean don't things pass through that same lens for you yeah i mean on a long enough horizon 
It's like the other day when you said that when Don said your your reward will be in heaven and you were like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what the point is now. I mean, some of that was that grappling for like, what is this about now? Like, what is there to learn from? Because I think even the really expensive lessons that I've experienced in failure are some of those treasures of like, okay, you know, like you have a terrible or, you know, you have, I guess I don't know if I've had a terrible breakup, you have a breakup and then, I mean, you always think it's terrible. Right. And then you get date the next guy and you're like, oh my gosh, thank God I didn't marry that guy. This one's so much better. Like you just gain a little perspective about like what you learned along the way and how to like, you know, tie that all into some ongoing value, I think. Yeah. I think some of it is that, um, uh, uh, this is, I, I have to say this in a way that doesn't sound mean. Cause I know you're, you're brilliant. And <laughs> I was, raised... I know I love that you tied it to like reality testing. Cause I mm. feel like my perspective on reality is like, I, I mean, I think we both look at things when we are problem solving and like, I mean, we can both look at any roadmap and be like, here's some shit in the corner. Or there's some other thing that nobody's going to think about line everything up in this way to get the best outcome. If you don't turn here, you're going to have a problem 10 steps down the road. Like we both really look at things, situations very similarly. Yeah. And I look feel differently about them. Yeah. And I've looked at, to talk about work, I've looked at situations before where I'm like, there's no way that you're going to have a successful outcome here. There's no way there's no, there's no calculus where this works. Um, and not from a pessimistic standpoint, but really inside realism, like we need to build no, a bridge. I agree with and you, we but have... I don't know if that's, pes- that's not pessimism. No, like, I know it's realism. Like, well, this is going to crash and burn. That's, mm-hmm. I don't think that's pessimistic. Mm-mm. It's realistic. So uh, to me, and I, I don't hold this hundred percent, but it's like you with empathy. So give me my space. <laughs> um, if you go into a situation like that, you're like, and I am going to build this bridge and I have two workers and $50 and we're going to get it done next Tuesday. You're like, if you're optimistic about that, you're just an idiot. That's kind of how I bring, like, there are situations where I'm like, why would you be optimistic about this? It's going to be a failure. But this is what I was saying about the brilliance thing is I think some of it comes from being raised as like, oh, little gifted and talented kid. You're in gifted and talented program and blah, blah, blah. And there is no (laughs) space for any kind of failure or learning experience, like fixed mindset versus growth mindset, right? Like that's what we're really talking about. Mm, I mean, when it comes to connection, like, well, I mean, this is, this is the work of my lifetime, right? Is to change my fixed mindset over into a growth mindset. And what's so funny is it started with, no, there's no way I could change my fixed mindset, which is such a fixed mindset. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. There was plenty of like, well, this is how it is. (laughs) But it's like, I've told you too before about depression. Cause I have depression and depression is one of the more insidious mental illnesses because depression tells you your case of depression is unique in the world and that it cannot be solved with the normal tools, which is a, a lie. But when you're inside the depression, it's really hard to, it's like a mental game, right? You have to, you have to start to believe it's possible to improve from depression before you can start to improve from depression. So when it came time to take on optimism, sitting inside, basically, I need to change my fixed mindset into a growth mindset. It's the same conversation. Now my fixed mindset is cooked. There's no possibility because you have to have a growth mindset in order to (laughs) take on that you have good 
yeah, you could to access it. So it's a, it's a, it's interesting, tricky, insidious, and I'm sure it's the same mechanism in my brain, which part of it is born to, and part of it is being trained. Like only the A is okay. And an A minus is not okay. And you should right. only do things that you can get a hundred percent on and you should never try. Right. Um, and a lot of it is being socialized as a girl, right? Um, like the study they did where uh, women will only apply for a job that they fit like 90 to hundred percent of the criteria. And even if they right. did 90, they feel like, mm, I don't know. And men are like, <laughs> they, they like, I match this 50%. I can figure out the rest. So being yep. socialized as a girl, especially as a quote, smart girl, there wasn't a lot of room for a growth mindset. Okay. So you touched on two, like two things already that I think are really interesting. Like the, the fix that and growth mindset piece. And also, um, like just the natural inclination, right? I think that's all part of right. it. Right. And just how the world occurs to you. But one thing we've never talked about was that I think is also part of it. And I've always meant to bring this up to you is, you know, those studies about people who remember everything. Yeah. Like there's like 12 of them in the world or whatever. If nobody, if you haven't watched it, like whoever, that's you know, fa- absolutely fascinating. But most of the, like the vast majority of them are like, catastrophically miserable like they can remember literally every day of their life and what happened and all the things and your memory is not like that but I think your memory is like way you collect like we talk about positively a lot like so much information and just details that I think um I've often wondered if just the sheer mass of information that lives in your brain, because I can even forget like all the bad shit. I'm just like, I mean, Jacob will tell me stories about bad stuff they did and I can't even remember. And it was like really impressively bad. And I'm like, I don't remember that. And it's interesting that I think it serves me well that I can't remember so much because I just yeah. like, hmm, well, it because it doesn't live for me in the same way. Like, once I'm complete about it, I'm just mostly done with it. Not like I don't remember anything, but there's a lot of, I mean, and I don't remember even lots of things that are positive because people will say like, remember when you gave me this amazing thing and fed 15 million homeless children? Like, I mean, there'll be these like crazy stories. I'm like, I should really remember that because that probably took a really lot of effort to be that generous. And I just literally don't remember it. So it doesn't really matter what it was necessarily, but um, I think that that still serves me well, because I think there's some value in that too, but it is interesting. Yeah. And I think it is, it, it's kind of like the reality testing that I was talking about, right. Is I have tons of evidence for how things are going to go bad. Um, but also because of my, but I don't know if that's reality testing because like we, I mean, we've read both of us, we have both did op- a lot enough optimized to remember about the way, um, we, a lot of people imprint the negative over the positive. Yeah. That's what I was just saying. Stay so much longer. So it's not necessarily like, I don't know if that's reality testing. Right. Well, no, I was just referring back to that study. I told you where they, they tested people's reality perception. Um, but no, there's, there's definitely a negativity bias and I have one for sure. So when I collect, I will collect like 10 bad things for every one good thing. Um, which is why the gratitude practice is so good for me um, because it forces me to shift my mindset to look for good things. Hmm. Yeah. Like that's why it's such a good practice. It's a good practice for everybody, 
But what's interesting is, so it's really interesting to me because the gratitude practice is separate, not a hundred percent separate, but it's separate from how grateful I am as a person, because I've told you before that I'm the kind of person, oh, I'm about to be able to tie in a Bapcha story. So get ready. Yes, um, finally. I'm the kind of person who will stand in the grocery store and weep at the amount of um, abundance that's available. Like I, I have stood in the produce section sprouts crying yeah. because the amount of just lettuce, like I'm just standing, looking at the lettuce and just getting so present to this amount of lettuce would not have been available to a King a hundred years ago. Yeah. Like this was not even a thing for anyone. And here I am middle America girl. Um, I mean, we're, we're in a class that's very um, privileged and, but I'm not saying like everybody has this access, but like no one had this access even a hundred right. years ago. Like this was right. not a thing. Solomon, who was like the most wealthy person in the history of the world, there is no way that he could have gone someplace and had a choice of 10 different lettuce in front of him at any point in his life. Never. There's no right. way that. Yeah. It's can, absolutely amazing. Right. So, and, and so my grateful feelings and how I'm able to look at something and be like, I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude. Even the, the video game I talk about on here, sometimes the one, um, with the, the farming simulator that I, the person who introduced it to me, I thanked him so profusely because I played it during the first lockdown and I was able to forget about a pandemic for like five hours at a time and to be so present to the gift that that was and to say, thank you so much for telling me about this game and to be so grateful to the creator of the game. Thank you for what you put out into the world because of this gift that I received back. And that mm -hmm. is distinct from a gratitude practice because I can feel that grateful at any moment in time. But the gratitude practice is like forcing more of those moments. So there, there, it wasn't that I was an ungrateful person, right? It was more the, the opportunities to be grateful. Like I'm creating them and, and that helps with like, and it helps depression too, quite frankly, for, for me at least. Yeah, that's great. Of course. Okay. So pause me. Um, Bob's just story. Bob's just story. Bob's just story. <laughs> so Thanksgiving is tomorrow. And so we're doing the thing where you divide up. We'll make this, we'll make this, whatever. And she said, I'll, I'll bring a green salad. She makes really good green salads. So I said, okay, great. So she goes to the store today because she asked about cranberry sauce and we didn't have any. I said, if you go to the store and buy me these ingredients, I'll cook it. So she went to the store and she came back and then she has this box of spring mix in her hand. And she said, I just bought a pre-made salad. I said, a pre-made salad, that's a box of lettuce. She goes, well, it's you know, pre-made. I just got the pre-made kind. I said, that's just lettuce. I'm not going to put, I mean, yes, I'm so, <laughs> there's an amazing abundance of lettuce available to us. And a hundred years ago, wouldn't be available, but I'm not going to put a bowl of lettuce on the table for Thanksgiving. She says, what else do you want in it? Cucumbers and carrots and stuff. It's a yeah, make a salad. She says, oh, uh, okay. Oh I can't get home and I make it. <laughs> wow. That's but really I don't know. She must've just been having some kind of a brain fart day because she makes salads all the time, like really elaborate salads. And she also was dropping off 70 homemade pierogies. So it's not like she's not contributing, but it's just so weird. <laughs> she she's can do whatever she wants. If she brings me pierogi, I love Seriously. that one. Seriously. She, I think she thought it was a 
a pre-made salad, but I'm like, no, that's just a box of lettuce because <laughs> we've really get, been getting into the pre-made salads, but even those aren't pre-made. Like you still have to mix them together. They just have everything in, in the bag. Like here's this, and here's a thing of dressing and here's a thing of mix-ins, you know, and you mix it. Right. But I think that's what she thought she was buying. <laughs> so it's just oh my God. a box of spring. It, so was, great. it was spring mix. Right, of course. Pre made. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that's fantastic. But you know what? Actually, speaking of Bapcha, she is one of the most grateful. Like her ability to see a positive in everything. I've never met anyone like her. She is the most grateful. Um, it, it goes beyond gratitude. Um, like she'll go, first of all, she is like a consumer of the world in a way that's really um, lovely and also a little bit funny because when she first moved here because um, she snowbirds for, there was a time when she used to just visit for a couple weeks in the winter but now she has her own place and I called her one time and said you want to come over for dinner and she said what are you making I said oh I see how it is I see how it is <laughs> she's always doing something she hikes she golfs she goes to um, things at the library she goes to art things she is a, a voracious reader um, which is so interesting to me too, because she has English as a second language right. and she's so well-read. She loves audiobooks, and everything that she encounters is beautiful to her. She'll come and she'll say, we had, we went out for dinner. It was the most amazing, this, and the most beautiful, and you wouldn't have believed. And she'll go to, you know, a, a play. Oh, it was the most amazing play I've ever been to. And she really means it. She's not just being you know, it's not hyperbole. Um, like she really does experience everything that she experiences right. as amazing and wonderful and great gratitude for everything. And when you do things for her, she is um, so grateful and, and expresses her thanks. So it is actually a very, I've told her before, it's one of the most lovely things about her. Aww, that is like lovely. It, it's something to aspire to. Um, yeah. Cause we, um, okay. So I want to tell this story cause it's so sweet about her, but I'm not trying to toot my own horn. So we stayed at her place for over three months while we were, we were getting the house renovated. I can't even quantify oh, I love this story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I can't even quantify the gift that it was. I just can't like, it wasn't even just about what it would have cost us to stay someplace else for three months. But because the three months was unanticipated, if we had tried to rent a place, we would have had to rent and move and rent and move. Mm -hmm. So what she gave us was a gift. Can't even measure the gift. Um, So while we were there, we decided to replace her washer and dryer as a surprise. Right. And so we bought a new washer and dryer. We didn't tell her, We put it in there. And we, my sister said slightly used because we used it. Well, I didn't think we were going <laughs> to, that's funny. I didn't think we were going to be there for three weeks. And so I wanted to get it installed while we, when we first got there so that I could deal with the delivery men and everything. Right. And then it ended up, we were there for, you know, months past that. So we were doing laundry in the brand new washer dryer. So I bought the big red bows that they put on cars. You know, you can get those on Amazon. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I put those and we shut, they're in a closet, a little condo and I shut the closet door and we just waited. Um, And Eric's sister kind of led her to it when she got here, they were on FaceTime and Kathy was like, Oh, look in the closet. (laughs) Um, Cause they had a secret mouth, like my mom used to say, but um, 
she came over and she was shaking. She, she had, we didn't realize she had discovered it. She didn't tell us. She, she just walked in the door and she was just, she was trembling, just so Aww. overcome and overwhelmed and it, just so lovely to experience that. Right. Right. Um, and we didn't do it so that she would be like that. I didn't expect And even the red bows, she said, all my life, I dream of getting my kids a car and with the red bow on top, beautiful red bow. So beautiful. So amazing. And, you know, taking the picture for bragging rights. So she just really does. Like you're saying, she sees the good in everything, everything that happens. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So this is not remotely related, but I really, since you said the red bow, I've been meaning to tell you, so your husband has a Supra, right? Can you tell everybody what that is just for the sake of it's a fancy sports car. And I mean, tell just a little, like he has it in the garage, he fixes it up. Like, yeah. So it's, so Toyota Supra, they make them again, but there was a period of time when they didn't make them at all. Um, And he had one from the very last model year. And he bought it before we were married. Sometimes people say he has two cars. You let him have two cars. Well, he came with two cars, so it's fine. Um, And we used to actually drive it around, but for the last few years, he's been changing it. I can't believe you're making me talk about this. He's been changing. (laughs) I was just thinking that you were going to resent. Yes, I know. (laughs) It's funny because when we had all this, um, all this work done on the house, every single, and I mean, to a person every single contractor that was here is like, Oh, that's a pretty sweet car in the garage. I'm like, you know what? Let me, <laughs> right. um, and so I told Eric, I said, it's so funny because they all want to talk about it. And I only know a tiny amount. And then right. he started telling me more about it. I'm like, no, 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 no. You, you misunderstand <laughs> like, Oh, Oh, well then let me give you some more information. The next time one of them asks, but he's been working to switch over the twin turbo to a single turbo which I wouldn't have thought, I would have thought two turbos is better than one turbo, but apparently <laughs> I'm wrong, that either. <laughs> wrong right. about that. Um, I would have thought five was better than one too. No, nope, nope. apparently one big honking one is better than two little ones. Okay. I, don't know. I mean, if I was pick, if I was buying him a super as a surprise, I would totally get the wrong one. I'd be like, it right. has four turbos in it. <laughs> And he'd yes. be like, oh, that's a crappy. Okay. So anyway, it's a big fancy sports car. It's got like a big round ass on it and a spoiler and all the things that. How does it... I don't want to know. Never mind. Okay. What? No, I was going to ask how it has a round ass, but I realized that I just don't want to go down. No, like the lines of the back, right. Are real curved oh, around it. Rounded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. It's got a real sleek sporty look. It's not, it's not like a muscle car. It's like actually a, it, it's a. It, a men of distinction enjoy the Supra versus like say a Mustang or something like that. Okay. Perfect. All right. All right. <laughs> so I, uh, the, I made you tell that whole story just so I could say we went to see ghostbusters because of course we did. Cause I'm married to John and it was actually, I thought it was fantastic. Like I even had a little nostalgia about ghostbusters. Oh really? Because I thought it would suck. No, really well. Done. I have to say really well done. Like, not cheesy, not overly sentimental, but like really be, I think because they haven't made 50 million Ghostbusters, right? Like it was kind of time. It was, it was good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the movie reviewer. I was really impressed when with myself and today somebody said, 
who's the male, what do you think the male version of Adele is? And I knew who Adele was and I made a suggestion and they were like, hmm, yeah, that might be a good one. So I was like, knocked it out of the park with my pop culture for the year. I heard but a anyway. quote, I heard a quote about Adele this week that yes. Adele writes songs that make you miss the stranger you made eye contact with on public transit three years ago. <laughs> right, perfect, okay. So anyway, she said, anyway, so I, um, John, we're leaving the theater and John's like talking about the Ghostbuster mobile. I don't know if that's its name or not, but he was talking about it. And then I realized like in his heart, he has a real and true longing to have one. And he asked me if he won one, if I would allow him to keep it. And I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, would you ride around in it with me? I'm like, yeah, sure. But I mean, I was like, kind of jealous like your husband has a Supra and my husband wants a Ghostbuster mobile so isn't it a hearse it's a hearse isn't it (laughs) I don't know is it really that's the worst I think so (sighs) that makes that makes me feel totally differently about it I mean maybe he could get the Oscar Wiener mobile (laughs) Lynn let's not give him any ideas I don't think actually he would think that was as cool as the Ghostbuster mobile but I thought he would at least go for like the Batmobile, but apparently. Right. He seems more of a Batmobile kind of guy. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Well, I think we've covered a lot. I don't know if we could possibly top that. I mean, did we, do you feel like we properly covered optimism and gratitude? I do. I think we teased them apart and like mushed them all back together for my satisfaction. And I'm feeling very grateful that you told the Bob just story. I have one more that I can actually tie in. Yes. Go ahead. Um, so when she's here, I always help her with her tech, her iPad, her phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's always to tie it in with gratitude. She's, oh, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Will you please? Can, can you please? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Which all of it is, I mean, I'm happy to do it and it's never anything. I mean, she does right. sometimes she's old. So she sometimes gets herself into predicaments where I'm like, I can't get you out of this. You're going to have to go to the Apple store or whatever. So, um, and half the time it's about logging into her online dating, which is super funny to me, but, um, the other day she comes over, oh, wait, hang on. All right. I thought I was going to cough, but I, I think is there bacon involved. Are you eating bacon, Lynn? Are you taking yourself I'm, bacon? I'm just starting to have the allergy meltdown that I have if I go too long. Right. Anyway, she came over and she wanted me to do something on her phone and I kept needing to use the face ID. She has an iPhone. And so I was, um, you know, playing around on her phone and every once in a while, you know, log in here, log in there. And so I would turn it towards her so that the phone could see her face and she would smile every time, like an ID photo. Hold her phone she'd, <laughs> and she'd like, and she'd even do, you know, clasp her hands in front of her and put her shoulders back and smile. You know how you do, right? When you're, when, when you pose for an ID photo, like you grab your hands, like I'm doing it right now, but you know how you grab your hands, put your shoulders back, kind of smile. So I'd turn the phone toward her and she smiled. So you don't have to smile. And then we would both laugh. And then I'd fiddle a little more and then need the password again, turn it toward her. She'd smile again. (laughs) You don't have to smile (laughs) every time. Like it was taking a picture. So cute. The face ID does not care if you're smiling or not. (laughs) It's so cute. I love that. Like I could just see her sitting, holding her phone. And then every time she lifts it up, smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was because I was turning it toward her, right? I was turning oh, a quarter, so she froze she in place. Do it when she does it by herself. I don't know, but I bet um, she does. 
you know, when you, when you're taking pictures and you say everyone smile and everyone kind of freezes and does that little forced smile. That's what she did. Every time I turned the face ID toward her, she stopped and posed. No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> Just needs to see your face. <laughs> With that, we should all yes. smile at the camera and have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving from the ladies room. And we'll see you next time in the ladies room. <laughs> Ciao. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to catch us in the ladies room. You can also find Lynn at A Spacious Life on Facebook, Instagram, and in Clubhouse. And find Allie at 5 Billion Entrepreneurs on LinkedIn and Instagram. Mm-hmm.